Welcome to The Porch. I'm Lindsay Bacardo, keynote speaker and virtual presenter for organizations who want to build strong, multi-generational teams. I believe that the modern day leader has a moral obligation to grow personally and lead others from a grounded and healthy and healed place. You're going to hear me bring on psychologists, neuroscience experts, storytellers, emotional intelligence researchers, really anything that helps a leader grow personally and ultimately impact the culture of their organization. This is where I bring my favorite thought leaders on these topics to teach and mentor us through our own growth. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to The Porch. Those of us that are here are in for a treat because I've got Ryan on with me and we are going to have an awesome conversation about how we got here today. So this is kind of wild. I met Ryan right when I was leaving the road and trying to figure out what am I going to do next? I had been a musician. I had my identity was kind of wrapped up in that. And some of my friends and some people that, you know, kind of know my men, my personality said, you should look into coaching. And I thought, huh, what is this whole coaching thing? And as I researched it, I was like, this is literally a dream job. If only I could hit things with sticks and play the drums while doing this. So I call this company called IPEC and this dude, Ryan is like, let's chat. And this was one of those serendipitous moments for me. I know we've all had them. And this is like 2012. So it was yeah, wild. I was about to ask. I, I think it was 2012. So, yep. Yeah. And Ryan, you had shared, you're like, yeah, I coach bands. That's what, that's part of what I do. I coach musicians. I coach bands. And I'm like, who is this guy? And how did I randomly run into him? It was such a cool moment. Has he been stalking me? Did he know? Has he done that? Is he making this up? Does he really do this? Yeah. But that was such a cool moment, Ryan, because I remember when I called you and we all have these kind of moments in our career that are pivot, like pivotal moments where we don't know how exactly the next step is going to go. And I know for me, I felt kind of vulnerable at that time. And I, I think I told you something like, well, I used to play the drums, but I don't know how I'm going to do that here in Indy. It's not really a music town. Like I'd have to move to Nashville. And I had all these limiting beliefs about what was possible yeah. and i know you have like millions of conversations so i don't know if you remember <laughs> this but i've got it no i don't I'll, I'll say <laughs> but yeah i do actually i will just say even before we go further i did talk to a lot of people over my time at ipec and i some for whatever reason you remember and most i'll just say you don't to, to be yeah. fair like but you know sometimes you're speaking to 100 people a week type of thing yeah and Lindsay, like literally from day one and i think it was because we had that connection with music yeah. Obviously, you're really just a super, you know, you know who you are, you know what your gifts are, you're an easy person to be around, you're fun to talk to, like, I would like, you know, you were definitely one of those person at the beginning of really working as a missions coach that I, I clearly remember having a conversation with, looking forward to a call, I remember where I was, when they call and everything, so well, I don't remember every yeah. detail of the conversation, I really do think of it fondly and, and clearly remember connecting with you for the first time. Yeah, it's kind of wild, because you do talk to people all the time, and it felt like I was really talking to a friend and we had just met and you challenged me, you know, it was like, you know, you might come to IPEC, you might not. And the belief that you cannot play music anymore is the exact thing that's going to stop you from playing music. Because I mean, it was coming from somebody with credibility. You're like, I know firsthand that there's musicians in indie, like there is music happened. There is a scene there. And I think that one of the best gifts you gave me was to actually challenge me that you weren't just like, well, you'll figure everything will be okay. It was, well, you know, kind of getting in that layer deeper and 
talking about the way I was seeing my own life, yeah. which that it, was such a gift for me. That was such a head turn moment. The so old, thank you for the, that. The, the old how true is that, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, really? There's no musicians in Indiana? How true That's crazy. Is that? Some sort of a vortex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked because yeah. I am the only one. Yeah. So thank you. I just did a census. So yeah, so for me, that was the beginning. You represent like the beginning of a whole new way of life for me and going to coaching school and understanding the difference between our perceptions and reality and understanding more about what motivates humans and how we work well together in teams. I just love that we're here now, yeah. eight years later, yep. having this conversation with your book, which we're going to talk about today. I'm so excited. If there was ever oh, a time really? to read a book with a red cross on it, <laughs> get ready, take care of yourself, emotional CPR. Yeah, this is the time. So Thank you for taking time. Ryan is just somebody that is always high energy. He knows the, the type of difference that he wants to make in the world, and he's doing it in all different cool ways. So hopefully we can cover all that today. But Ryan, this is where I bring thought leaders and CEOs when I know they have a message to share. So I'm yeah. so glad that you decided to come on the porch today and have you know a little time with me, share a little lemonade with me today. Absolutely. Super blessed to be here. Like really, really been looking forward to it. Not just all day, but in for in you know since we started connecting on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and before we get any farther into you know the book or anything like that, I really just want to also just share some gratitude for your awesomeness. Like being as somebody who I remember now eight years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Watching and 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 do clearly, honestly remember being on the phone with you and like here's this chick. She's a drummer from India. Like I do, I literally remember that and talking about music a little bit and mm -hmm. talking about your journey. And then you rolled in the program. But then to also watch you from afar, obviously we connected on social media. Yeah. And just to watch you grow and like, you know, from that experience, you know, it's not like we're talking every week, but yeah. you know, on a social media standpoint, to see you on stages and to see you presenting and to see you, you being the change that you wanted to see in the world and having an impact on others that I know then have an impact on others. Um, yeah. Like it's really, I'm even getting emotional right now just saying it. Uh, part of the reason I was so excited to be here, like I love watching your journey and now I get to be a part of it again eight years later. Uh, just a super double blessing. So thank, thank you for you. being you. Keep up the awesomeness. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, it's really been a journey and I have an amazing team that, and I know you know this too, you can't do it alone. And so I just, I feel really lucky to get to do something I love that I gets me out of bed that I, you know, am motivated to share with the world. So it doesn't even feel, I know it's cliche to be like, my work doesn't feel like work. <laughs> Sometimes it does feel like work. Okay. Right. Emails still suck, right. but you know, I'm not this, saying, I'm just saying. Exactly. But the fact that we get to do this type of uh, communication with the world just is amazing. So thank you for your encouragement and your kindness yeah. too. It's, I will say this, and I know, Ryan, you've always been an encourager, but for everybody that's you know on this call, even a few kind words to the people around you that you know are pushing hard can make all the difference in their day. Because I yeah. know some of you, I know the names that are on this call, I know how hard you work. I know how much of a difference you're making in your team, in your family. The fact that you come on the porch to get some, you know, energy back. Just know that every time that you pour into yourself, it allows you to give back to other people. And it makes a huge difference. Even just a few words can really shift somebody's perspective. Yeah, you are seen. Yes, exactly. So I want to talk about this is, first of all, thank you for making a book that's not hundred thousand pages because I can actually read this, Ryan. I can actually read it. And it's really fun because I actually had it in my pocket the other day and I thought it was my cell phone. It's so it's, yeah. it's size, you know, you can actually really 
take it with you, go into the woods, walk in the woods, just open any page. And today I was doing that and I opened up and I really want to talk about this and jump into the chat, ask some Q and A's about this. Please. The first thing that stands out to me is this concept that you are a creator. Yeah. And what a time to hear you say that, because I think we all just feel like I am just trying to cope right now. The, that word is really big. I don't know if I believe you. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about what you mean by that? When you say you're a creator in this book, it's how you kick the book off. Totally. Tell us about what you mean. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, it's honestly, somebody recently asked me like, you know, what would you say the overarching theme is of this book? And really I hadn't thought that I hadn't been asked that before. And when I had to think about it, it is the prologue. I mean, it is that you are a creator. Mm -hmm. It is that in always and always you are creating something. Yeah. So right now you and I are creating two people recording an awesome podcast on the porch, right? That's right. And anybody who's watching this is literally you know, creating a human being who is witnessing this, right? As basic yeah. as that sounds. But you know, when you wake up in the morning, if you decided to put on blue socks, blue pants, blue shirt and a blue hat, you are creating a human being dressed in blue. Mm -hmm. uh, when you, if you were to, and I say this in the book, like if you were to get um, two pieces of bread and you put some bacon, some lettuce, some tomato, you put them together, you're literally creating a BLT, right? I know it sounds obvious, but follow me here. <laughs> yeah, it sounds right? amazing. So, but we create conversation, we create art, we create music, we create laughter, we create, even when you're going to sleep at night, you're creating a human being who is sleeping. Mm -hmm. So in some capacity, we are always and are always creating something. And unfortunately, and maybe hypothetically, in a year like 2020, we might create someone who is angry or frustrated or stressed or overwhelmed or sad mm -hmm. um, or fearful. And yeah. it's not, by no means is that to belittle those feelings or emotions or experiences at all. It's not that you shouldn't have them, but it is to be aware that you are creating them. They do come from within. They do come from your thoughts, basically. Your thoughts are you know, creating energy and then your body responds physically emotionally tensing up, releasing chemicals that serve those thoughts or prepare you to respond to those thoughts or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So we're always creating something. And it's really what it comes down to is it's the difference between recognizing that life is happening for you and not to you. Yeah. So often we get the coping mechanism is to believe that life is happening to me and that I have to be defensive and be prepared for it mm -hmm. or prepare for the worst case scenario that I've imagined in my head that is going to be happening to me one day in the future. Yep. And when you start to recognize, so this is all going back to kind of your question about being a creator. When you start to recognize that you are creating every moment, am I creating somebody who's worried about the future or am I, someone who's, um, am I creating somebody who is creating the future and grateful for the future and anticipating where I want to be and pointing my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, and my physical body in the direction that I want it to be? Mm -hmm. I know it sounds like, you know, I'm not just saying that stuff, stuff doesn't happen. Life, it's not that life doesn't get difficult. Uh, you know, does not, they're not traumatic experiences out there at all. I'm not belittling anybody's and I've had many yeah. of my own. Yeah. I am just saying that if you did right for the sake of, of this conversation, if you think of your worst experience in life and you were to at whenever, whatever time felt right for you afterwards to say, how did this happen for me? And not with sarcasm and not with cynicism, but like literally, okay, what might be a reason this happened for me? Yeah. And you go from curiosity of about the situation, you go from judgment of the situation to curiosity about the situation. Mm -hmm. And so with judgment, we put something in a box, we put it on a label and we said, this was a bad experience. And I'm, typically I'm thinking about it as bad all the time. And I look at it all the time. and I'm just looking at bad and I'm creating this feeling of looking at a bad experience. And if you change that, 
you take take off the lid of the box and you change the label not from bad but from just question mark to question mark yeah you know and you're like how could this have happened for me what's the answer and you might not have the answer right away but if you come up with three or four potential possibilities you pick the one that you like the most that aligns yep. with most with who you are now and you start taking action towards that um that's when you start to live on purpose and that's when you start to see the magic unfold because life is happening for you i'll just share that <laughs> yes well, when you come from that spot too, you can move through so much more. Yeah. I had a oh, silly thing. Oh, what were you going to say? No, all I was going to say is just in general, just, just the concept of curiosity versus judgment, uh, whether we of ourselves and of others, it can be tremendous and can be so opening and give you so much more opportunity to experience life in a way that it is happening for you. I love that. That this idea of choosing curiosity, it is almost a muscle that we have to learn to flex because it's, it's so easy to spiral, especially 100%. right now. Yeah. Keeping ourselves in a, a space where we're even able to access curiosity. I think about uh, something that happened to me during COVID. I had a tooth crack, which is like horrible timing to be like, you know what I should do? I should go to the dentist where everybody's mouth is wide open and <laughs> I should like have that operated on. That's what we should do. So that's, that's, that's a good idea. That's exactly what <laughs> happened. And um, I remember it was like, wow, I'm losing a tooth. I'm 35 and I'm going to lose a tooth. Like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this and all that fear. I have to be at the dentist. Like I'm exposed. I'm nervous. That ran through my body. And I know we've all had a moment, some type of scare like that. Yeah. And so then the other day I was walking on a virtual, not a real stage, but like a virtual stage and now I can always tell because I have a, I'm like missing a tooth. I can feel it in my, I feel all the time. And I used to think, oh man, this is going to always make me feel like I'm falling apart. This is the moment. Aging has begun. I am 35. I'm 36. And I thought, you know, what is more powerful is to remember that I'm here right now. And in a weird way, losing the tooth made me more present. I chose to allow it to make me more present. I have this moment right now. This is all I ever had in the, to begin with. Yeah. So I have this moment and I'm going to use it. And in a strange way, it has grounded me more in it's not necessarily bad to know that my days are counted. For me, that makes me more focused, more intense, yeah. more grateful. And, I, and we've all had different experiences, but I can see what you're saying that, you know, if we can get curious and even choose, here's three or four stories about what this could mean. And story is the key word there, right? We, we, yes. we made up all these stories about our past and our identity based on that past, most mm -hmm. of which we're actually not remembering accurately anyway. Isn't that the truth? You know? And so we spend our whole life just looking at the past and building this story. This is who I am and this is why I am this way. And we stare at it and stare at it and stare at it and we, we label it as this is the way it is. In the grand scheme of things, listen, I mean, going back to your walk on the stage thing, it's like, and I love that you said um, just being here now. It's like when you, when you wake up in the morning, there is gravity, there is oxygen and there is sunlight so that you can exist. Yep. So that you can take into this day and be whomever you want to be. Literally. You can decide yeah. whoever you want right. to be today. And to not, or once you start, once I started, I can only speak for myself. Once I started recognizing that as I wake up every single day, gravity, oxygen, and sunlight is here so that I can exist today. What am I going to do with it? My entire life is different because there's only now, right? So literally there's only right now. We're all, we already talked about who we're creating in this now, but yeah. I'm also built up the habit. And I love what you said about muscle. It's definitely a habit you, you spent in your case, 35 years, and I know that you're, you're on an amazing trajectory and path, but anybody out there who's your same age has spent 35 years with those negative thoughts, with, those, with that maybe lack mentality, 
with fears that are legitimate based on a life experience. So it's not going to take, not by 35 and a half, all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, no, you know, no, everything's better. I practice gratitude once or twice. Yeah, I'm woke. It's all good. High fives all around. Um, it's going to take some time and it will take practice and it takes exercising that muscle as often as possible. What do you think changes in somebody's life? Like what would measurably change in somebody's life if they chose to be curious instead? Like they really start to go, oh, how can I be curious right now? Ugh. And they yeah. did that over and over again. What would you think would change? You've seen a ton of people. You're a coach. Yeah, literally everything. Because typically, I'll, I'll just use self-judgment as an example. Mm-hmm. When you say to yourself, I should, I should weigh less. I should be farther along in my career. I should be in a different relationship. I should have a better job. I should, whatever these different things that we tell ourselves often, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you say should, you are judging yourself. And you're putting yourself in a box. And you're labeling yourself as typically not good enough. Mm-hmm. And when you shift that from should to, let's say, could, which would be more of a curious, right? Same, same thought. Like, I want to be different from how I am, but I'm not judging it as bad. I should lose more weight. You know, I could lose some more weight. Cool. So what can I do about that? Right? Yeah. Curiosity leads to more curious. Curiosity. Uh, I could be farther along in my career. I should be farther along in my career. You know, oh, yeah, I suck. I'm just not good enough. I'm not doing well. I could be farther along in my career. You know, I could. So what am I willing to do that? Because not only does it open up the possibility, but it also gives you some responsibility. That's right. When you stop blaming the past or blaming the people in your past or blaming that old company that you used to work for that made you so angry that you never, you're, that's why you're not the job you want to be, whatever it is. Yep. Like all these different people come up with these different reasons. And when you instead just recognize, am I judging this as good or bad? Really, it's just an experience. It's just information. It's literally all information. When we stop judging it as one way, instead get curious as to why it's showing up in our life. Mm-hmm. that's when we start to step into our greatness. And, when we, and then we go back to you know, the point prior that it's happening for us anyway. So I'm mm-hmm. curious about it. So now not only am I curious why it's happening for me, but I'm just curious as to where it came from and why it's showing up for me now. Mm-hmm. And when you start to step into that with everything you do, even to a point where I just got in a fight with my spouse or, I just got a, or I'm, I'm angry at somebody, instead of making time, which we do, to sit there in anger and think about all the reasons that they said this over and over again, we got angry at them, Instead of getting curious as to how would I rather be feeling right now, there's an example you can just shift your, your way of being by being curious. How yeah. would I rather be feeling? Is it more important for me to be right or happy? For me, I'd rather be happy every single day of, the, of my life mm-hmm. and have to prove to somebody else that has nothing to do with my life that I'm right. Yeah. And then again, it goes back to just, well, so that's a whole nother rabbit hole I can dive down to as to why someone else, you know, again, it's judgment of them that we're not right or whatever, right? Yep. And based on their life experience, had I been born to their parents the exact day and time that they were born and lived every single second of their life and had all their fears and their experience, their positive and negative experiences, whatever, reactions to it and showed up to me to this conversation, I would be, they would be judging me. I would be judging me the same way, right? Yes. Because yep. it's based on their life and their experience, which we tend to believe from the ego is right. Right. So yes. I was raised in a culture in this town and, and by this family. And I typically kind of surrounded myself with the same relatively type of people and learned kind of the same information. And then I went to the airport and I saw all these people from all over the world and they, some of them dressed bad or spoke weird or whatever. You know, all these different judgments come up based on my experience. That's but if right. I went to that same airport in on another different country, you know, everybody's like that. Right. So it's all just a judgment based on perspective. 
And there's a lot of energy around that, you know, because I work with generations in the workforce. We talk all the time. If you grew up as a boomer, you have a different perspective on what work is supposed to be, on what authority is supposed to be. So you look at other generations and you think, what is wrong with them? And I've said it where I say, like, that's not how I was raised. Right. We all do that. that yeah, if you hear yourself using that phrase. Right. You're going to be angry unnecessary. You're going to be angry more than you need to be. Or yeah, and you can just be curious as to so that I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what it must be like to be raised differently. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's mm-hmm. so interesting, and not just our perception of ourselves, but also those micro moments and the energy that we bring to a room with other people. Totally. And I know when I went through school, when I went through coaching school, that really blew my mind. And it's one thing to say like, smiles are contagious. Stress is contagious. It's another thing to say there is hard data that the way you treat somebody, all these little micro moments, do you smile when you see them? You know, how do you, how patient are you with them? How present are you with them? It's not just your life that changes. You're co-creating somebody else's future too. Always. Uh, and I've never learned that so clearly as I did from becoming a parent for me specifically, mm-hmm. knowing that they, and that has been a huge part of my growth is just knowing that whether I know it, like it or not, they are learning from every single thing that I do, whether I'm speaking or not. When I walk into a room, what is my energy? They are yep. feeling it and they are learning it and they are mimicking it and they are learning it to make it their own. Yes. So I often talk about, you know, with my clients or whomever, I just say, you know, be who you want your kids to be. Or be, you know, be who you want to be for your kids in any yep. capacity. Because when you, when you can detach yourself from any situation, again, blaming others or blaming my story, my past for this is why I am, you can still be whoever you want to be. So get, get some clarity on who that is and step into it as, as often as possible. But yeah, so yeah. physically, your energy, absolutely. Um, in fact, really from a scientific level, when we have a thought, it creates energy. Like, I mean, there are- well, you can brain waves. Brain waves, right? There's, yeah, brain, yep. there's alpha, beta, theta, brain waves. So these waves can be measured just like microwaves. We don't see them. Radio waves, we don't see them, but they're there. So your brain waves are the same way. In fact, your heart actually has a similar thing. I think it's like, uh, and I'm not sure the details. Yeah, absolutely. Heart math does a big study on it, right? And so there's like a wave, like, I think it's like up to eight feet outside your heart that that can be felt. And so, you know, your heart is beating ideally with love and compassion. and, And that's, I'm saying if that's your intention, it will have an effect with those you connect with. Yes. Often one of the things that came to me recently especially this was actually just during COVID when we couldn't really spend as much time with others that we loved as often as possible. I came up with this concept of sharing heart space with someone. Mm. And that was like literally being within in their presence and being within an eight foot ratio or whatever it may be so that you can feel whether you know it or not, and they can feel you, you can feel each other's hearts beating and you are, you know, connecting on a different level. So to your point, when you walk in a room, emotionally, physically smiling, energetic, love, compassion, empathy, all these different things at any given point that you can create, if you want to and you practice, I will not only, and I'm just reiterating what you said, um, not only affect your life, but affect those that you are surrounding yourself with. How do you think if somebody is listening right now and they're thinking, yeah, I could, I just need to wiggle a little bit. I'm not ready to be Tony Robbins and or like somebody that's going to yeah. come in and what's up family? <laughs> You know, what's one thing that somebody could do to start to wiggle towards curiosity to shaping their energy differently when they're, when they walk into a room, what's one thing you'd say? Yeah, I would definitely go back to, um, well, first of all, just, this is the very basics. 
could and should. I know we already covered it in, in detail, but I do want to just remind that that is like a great place just to recognize judgment. Like, am I judging myself? Am I judging the room? Am I judging someone in the room? Am I judging the past before I walked into this room? Yeah. Right? At any point, you can just ask yourself those, those basic questions. Um, and really, again, really when, I know I said it, but the curiosity of who would I rather be right now? How do I want to be showing mm. up right now? Mm-hmm. And give yourself permission to, say, it's okay to say, well, I'm not being that person and I'm not because of this. Totally cool. Doesn't change the question though. And it doesn't change the answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the answer is I do want to be angry right now. Sometimes I, I want to be sad. I want to be upset. And that's cool too. You just don't want to live there and you don't want to have it affect other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And you want to learn from those feelings. You want to accept it as an experience that you can learn from what's the lesson. I think that we've talked about, I think that's talked about a lot, you know, from an angle of almost, you're not supposed to, you know, if you are in the coaching industry or you're leading anybody, like you've got to have a chipper face all the time. And I think you and I both learned actually the quicker, and I learned this from coaching school, the quicker I just face, what is the, what am I really experiencing right now? What am I really creating right now without judgment? You know, just this year, I got comfortable with it, with saying to people, I'm irritated. Right. I mean, everybody knew it. It was like, everybody's like, yeah, we know. But now I can just, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, Lens, we can tell your claws are out. But being able to say, okay, I'm experiencing irritation right now. You know, that it just is what it, it doesn't make me a bad person. It no. doesn't mean I'm a, you know what? It just means like, that's what I'm experiencing. And so then I can accept it and decide how long do I want to be irritated feels kind of good. It feels kind of empowering. I'm going to be mad for a little bit. Okay. But we do have some choice there outside of traumatic experiences where we're being, you know, wildly triggered. That's different. But in a lot of everyday life, we have a ton of control. And, you know, there's also a piece to vulnerability there that is huge. If you're in a group setting or if you are a leader, it's okay. I mean, I love saying like this, I'm not showing up as my best self today. I've got some personal stuff going on or whatever. I want you to know that I'm here for you. Like, I, I definitely am listening. If you see anything on my face, if you see anything, it has literally nothing to do with you. I've got some other stuff going on, but I am present with you. Like, there's an opportunity to do both. Yes. In a leadership standpoint. Yes. Another piece from a vulnerability standpoint, you know, vulnerability is a lot like going to the gym and exercising mm-hmm. in the sense that it's something that you kind of don't want to do, but you know is probably good for you. Mm-hmm. And then you still kind of don't want to do it. <laughs> anyway yeah 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 right? and then but when you do it like as soon as it's kind of come out as soon as you've gone to the gym as soon as you've, you've become vulnerable in front of somebody like you're just glad you did you're like okay now i can now that i know that i needed to do that i know i was supposed yeah. to do it i kind of didn't want to but now that it's out now it even the, the communication playing field for lack of a better term mm-hmm. it's, it's a space where you can say okay now now all the cards are on the table how do we what's the best way for us to move forward and when you start yeah. to do that, the person that goes to the, like the first day, January 1st, I got to go to the gym, right? Um, they might make it a couple of weeks and they don't go. Vulnerability is the same way. Like, listen, you need to make it's it a habit. not do it. Yep. And once you make it happen, but the people that do the gym are the people that do the gym, right? So if you can do vulnerability in that same way with intention, with uh, discipline, because you know it's better for you and those you communicate with, um, it, it becomes a habit that will serve you. Well, that piece too about feeling safe with other people, because we all know when we're off, people, we are more perceptive than we give ourselves credit for. Kids especially are more perceptive than we give them credit for. And we're not faking anybody. If you're in a rough, you know, it actually, and I wonder what people would say in the chat. I know some, some people are starting to jump in, which I love. Um, 
you know, you really aren't fooling anyone. And there's so much dissonance. If somebody comes in and they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm really excited that you're here, Ryan. Like, you ready to go? Let's, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I know you're not. So now I have to live in the dissonance that you've created yeah. you know, around this experience <laughs> where you know, say, whoo, I know with Sam, some mornings when we, Sam's, you know, our business partnerships just get a lot done. There's mornings where I'm like, Sam, I'm so stressed. So I just need a minute. It's not personal or anything, but this is where, this is my starting point. Yeah. And it's just a safer experience for both of us because then she knows like, okay, this isn't about me. Lindsay is aware of this and mm-hmm. just accepting our experiences. You know, some of us, uh, somebody wrote in the chat, I've just gone through a painful divorce. This porch meeting is helping me so much. And mm. isn't that the truth when you're going through pain to be able to just look at it and be okay with it and process it. And yeah. And, what were you saying? No, I was going to say, and acknowledge it for being completely valid. I yes. Mean, you know, from coach training, like the day one of being a coach is, is really the ability to acknowledge and validate others. And yeah. so for us to be able to do that for ourselves is so crucial as well. And again, I, you know, I got my own opinions based on my own experience. Like how long do you want to sit there and validate why all the reasons you should be sad or, or upset, or how can you use that to be more who you prefer to be right in any experience, whatever it is. And there are mourning periods and there are grief periods in a divorce and a death and in all sorts of situations that are absolutely important, but then educate yourself on those so that you can make decisions that will so and help you to live more of a life that you prefer to be living in any case. Mm-hmm. Yep in deciding, okay, I remember when I went through my divorce one day, and this is totally from going to coaching school. I was just sick all the time. I felt horrible. The only thing I'd eat was rotisserie chickens from the grocery store. So I call those, I call those like divorce chickens just as a joke. And my friends are like, oh yeah, rotisserie. I got it. Uh, But there was a season where that's like all I could get down. And one day I was driving in my car and I thought, I'm just, I'm just driving in my car right now. That's all I'm doing. Nobody's being mean to me. Nothing is actually, I'm just quietly driving in my car, listening to Katy Perry. That's all that's happening. And I thought, wow, all of this suffering that I'm feeling in my body is truly happening through my thought life. Coming from within. No one through that process. Well, there was a couple of people that were weird, but that's normal. But no one was like, wow, you're, you're a pretty bad person. That is (laughs) pretty, pretty. What's that? I'm pretty sure most people hate you. Like, yeah, yeah. People are like, wow, Lynn's everyone has to disown you now. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're a mess. And I think that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, most of my suffering I just created here in this car. And I thought as I'm holding the steering wheel, I remember where I was in Westfield, Indiana. I thought, I just don't want to suffer right now. There's nothing else to suffer about. I've beat myself up enough. No one's actually in this car berating me or yelling at me. I'm just going to start driving and see what this feels like. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where you talk about, I am creating this. I am a creator in this moment. So I've got another question for you that somebody brought up. Jeff brought up. I think this is a good question. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Uh, What we're talking about, he says, this has a direct relation or seems like it's like the law of, of attraction. Do you agree that you, what you think you become, what would you say about that, Ram? Yeah, I would say definitely. I mean, I, I, in the grand scheme of things, I am a big fan and, and believer of the law of attraction in general. I think more so, though, when I look at it from a quantum physics level and like things that have been measured, like from, yeah. you know, from a scientific standpoint, that you're, to our point, your thoughts are things. They literally do create. And actually, to take it more on, on, like a, on a physical level, the law of attraction, 
you know, your neurons are in our brains and we all, everybody kind of knows that. But what a lot of people don't realize is they're neurons in rest of parts of our body as well. Our heart yeah. has neurons, our stomach, our gut has neurons, our throat has neurons. And so these are these different areas of our, our body is thinking in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. And when we literally, I mean, so yes, to answer the question, I believe it's absolutely the law of attraction. I think it depends on what your definition of the law of attraction is. I think in the grand scheme of things, if you were to really think about anybody out there, uh, think about your life, the way the law of attraction, I think, works from the way that I appreciate the most is, and this is kind of has a lot to do with what we were speaking about, so many people spend time thinking about their past and thinking about the reason that they are the person that they are and thinking about what happened to them, whether it be yesterday or last week or last month or whatever, or 10 years ago, and they're spending all this time and they're attracting the person that is that, that is aligned with that, that is, they're, they're becoming that person, right? So that's kind of the law of attraction, but it's really going back to being a creator, right? They are creating this person who is focusing physical energy through their thoughts on a scenario that doesn't necessarily serve them. And Even so, that, yeah. Is so from a law of attraction standpoint, when you instead intentionally, and by the way, law of attraction, from my experience, it's not just the thoughts. It's not just, let me say this all day, every day. It's literally feeling the feeling of what it would be like if that was accomplished. It's literally mm-hmm. creating elevated emotions like gratitude, like compassion, like love for others, like love for yourself. It's literally creating this and feeling it. And then that puts a signal. Like, so your thoughts are like a, a put out like a signal from the wave. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding and my personal belief as well, our feelings kind of carry that signal signal into the quantum world and bring back what we're, what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So that's why these negative emotions and things can be so powerful because we've got so much energy behind it. Not only am I thinking about the past, but I'm feeling about the past all the time. And so I'm going to be constantly manifesting conversations in people in my life that will remind me of the past or that will complement that conversation or will give me more of a reason to remind me of that past. Mm-hmm. So when we really just start to think about it, if you were to literally spend, and this is like a challenge, right? There's so many challenges on the internet today. Here's a challenge for you. And it's a big one. And I'm just making this up. So you do or don't. But like, if you were to spend the next 30 days or the next 365 days, spending an hour every day, intentionally creating, sitting, you know, meditating or whatever, sitting closed silence or whatever you like to do, but creating gratitude for the outcome that you desire. Mm-hmm. Law of attraction or not, what do you think would be different about your life? Right. So when it just comes down to it, it's like we could put labels on it and different things, or we could just say what you think about tends to show up in your life one way or another. We don't always always know how or why. And that's why it's the quantum realm. Like we don't know where it's coming from necessarily. But when we put our time, we put our effort, we put our thoughts, our emotions into it. That's when it starts to show up. That is cool stuff. And I know when I truthfully, Ryan, when I first heard this stuff, Coming from a Christian worldview, I'm like, Ryan, that is called witchcraft. So thank you for coming today. Please don't cast a spell on me. Yeah, on the way out. (laughs) Everybody, please go pray for Ryan. But now, as I walk through this, I've seen with my clients, there's this exercise we do, and it's called I Have a Dream Speech. It's the ideal day exercise where you do every day, you write out, this is the life that I want to experience. And you write out like a story using your senses, using your feelings too. So I wake up at six o'clock. I feel so refreshed. I'm, I can see the sun coming over the horizon and it tells me that we are going to have a good day. I take my dogs for a calm walk. I get my favorite breath and you just start writing it out. And I do this with my clients and I found that we had to keep rewriting their, I have a dream 
experiences because they were coming true. Yeah. So they'd get through it and they'd say, okay, I got the apartment I wanted. I got the cat I wanted. Yeah. I got the job at the place I wanted. I've got my relationship. I, my life is lining up. Now we need to write version two. And some of my clients are on version eight, version nine, version yeah. 10. And that's really because of this concept that we are a creator. And mm -hmm. it's not meant to be like witchcraft or weird. It's really, there is a science behind whatever you focus on, you will get more of. And by the way, um, from a Christian standpoint, that what I would say too is like, it's, it can be very similar to praying, right? Exactly. If you're praying to God. But the challenge yeah. is that, that I think, and I was also raised in a very Christian household. The, the, the challenge is, is that it's like, well, they don't thank God for it in advance. They don't thank Christ for it in advance. They think, they say, thank you. Uh, or, you know, thank you for this day and thank you for the present and thank you for the things that I've learned and thank you for this. And if it's your will, you know, give it to me, right? Mm -hmm. Which is perfect and it's fine. But also if it's your will, thank you for it. And then again, going back to the feelings of love and gratitude to Christ for dying and or to Christ for whatever it is that you just prayed for. Yeah. As opposed to just kind of letting it go and thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, and I, we talk about, and obviously we've touched on a whole bunch about being a creator, but I honestly also believe that we are co-creators. Like it, we are definitely co-creators and our job. And so in the, to bring it full circle is to do the work, right? Is to show up and know what we want and to focus more on what we want. And we want to bring in not only for ourselves, but for those we love and for others so that we can serve, right? Be the light you want to mm -hmm. see in the world as you are creating this future that not only serves yourself, but serves others. And then if, you know, from a, from a prayer standpoint, you know, if, if that's how you've been raised and that's what's, that's your truth, then absolutely, by all means, I would say this is the exact same thing. And yeah. just when you're praying to God at night or at any point right now, create gratitude for the outcome already and mm -hmm. really feel what it would be like. And it's like, you know, God, I trust you and I believe in you and I trust that you've given me this path and you've given me this wisdom to, to actually come to you with this, this ability that I can create this outcome. Yeah. So thank you for it. As opposed to, well, I pray that you do this. I hope and I'll, I'll wait and see when it happens. You know, mm -hmm. we, we have work to do. And then when we do step into that, that's when God, the universe, whatever anybody else wants to call it. And from my opinion, my experience, that's what, when we attach emotion, when we attach love, we attach compassion, gratitude to our vision. That's when the other, the co-creator steps in and does their job. And it's not our job to tell them how to do it either. It's our job to be grateful for it and decide where we want to be. That's powerful. That's so powerful. And uh, this is not what I expected to talk about. And I'm really into it because this other piece of it too, you know, this idea of prayer, I remember, cause I had been through seminary and I'd been through the theological elements. And then I thought, what if laying out of hands and we say like, pray for each other. So you'll be healed. Totally. What if this is say Ryan is asking for prayer and what I'm really doing when I'm praying over you is I'm really saying, uh, Lord be with Ryan today. I know that he's suffering. I know that he's going through these things and he needs these. What I'm really doing is saying, Ryan, I see you. Totally. I see you right now. And, and this then, is me connecting that and then reminding you of the goodness that's all around you. And, totally. and I thought, wow, that really is a very different way to even process that. What were you going to say? All I was going to say to that is when you are in that circle and you, you do have hands laid on you and you've, you've been feeling this struggle on your own, and I'm thinking this out loud, and I certainly don't want to yeah. take away from anybody's faith in, in God or anything like that at all. 
But I'm also saying from that mental standpoint, when you are surrounded by love and you are surrounded by presence and there are people putting their hands on you because they have the best intentions. And again, we talk about mm-hmm. their, you are in their heart space now, right? They yeah. are physically creating thoughts about you and serving you. And so all this is the same. And, it, and by the way, God made us, right? The universe made us, whatever it is, we're all part of the same stuff. When it gets down to the atoms and molecules and electrons, like we are made up of the same stuff that, that creates the sun and that yeah. the planets go around the sun because, you know, because it is, and we are that. And so when you're in this space to your to the example that you brought of, you know, having hands laid on you and being there and you, you, before you got into that space, you did admit, right? You get to this point, like, I feel like I'm just, I'm struggling with this place and I can't do it on my own. And I've, I've prayed about it, right? And I've prayed about it and nothing is changing because again, my thoughts are the same. My thoughts are still focused on the past. My thoughts are, are focused on what I'm not doing right, what, what I don't want in my life. And that's what I'm getting more of. And then we go to a church setting and, and they say, you know, let's definitely pray for this person. And they come and they surround it. You feel acknowledged. You, you feel are being, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're you being feel, and you feel because you have these hands on you that they are helping you connect with God more than you could do on your own. Yeah. So you physically feel the changes happening with you because you gave it up and you didn't feel like you needed to do on your own. And you now are almost in a sense, what we were just saying, creating gratitude, whether you know it or not, for this happening to you. You're feeling the feelings. Mm-hmm. You believe that the hands on you are, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Channeling God and, and his, mm-hmm. his energy towards you to, to healing, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. So, but then again, it comes to the mental feeling of like at that moment, when you have the hands laid on, you feel better because it's real, first of all, right? I mean, the people's hands are, there's physical. It's really touch, happening. There is, yeah, there is love. There is focus. There is energy being put towards you. And to your point, the words that people are saying as part of prayer, especially if one person is, is, is their hands on you and he's leading the prayer, maybe the other people around, they're thinking that same thing and they're, they're surrounding you with love. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's all an acceptance of, okay, I, I do, you know, praise be to God that I now I'm in this group of people who are now sending it to me. So in a sense, it's very similar. It is all the same thing. It just depends on what we're labeling it as, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. I think it's fascinating to look at those experiences from different perspectives because they are so potent in our lives. They are markers in our lives and the intention around it, everyone is really wanting more connection to self, more connection to others, more connection to connection to higher power. And that's, those are the moments where that can happen. So it's, it's so cool to be able to talk about that from a different perspective. I mean, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So 100%. you mentioned, what'd you say? I just said a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, we're not going to spend a lot of time on our past because like you said, let's, you know, so I'm like, all right, let's dig into what you just said now too. But I am curious, what's a positive experience that you had in your childhood that informed you about who you are that you've decided to keep? What's something that you've learned about yourself? You're like, you know what? I'm keeping that. That is true about me. I like that. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. You know, I, what I like about, so interestingly enough, and I'm thinking out loud here, I would say from my childhood, I was always a people pleaser, right? So I wanted to, I wanted people to like me, right? Again, we talked about fear of people not liking you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I always wanted people to like me. And I think through that, I went out of my way to be kind to people and mm-hmm. to connect with them, you know, and, and to support them in any way that I could. And so certainly it was selfishly in some standpoint because I wanted them to like me. And so I think as I've matured in life, I've recognized that I can be kind to people and create, excuse me, I'm getting emotional. I can create love and compassion for others, but I don't need them to like me for it. Mm. 
But you went through that process and now you know you're like a little nuclear power plant, plant of love. You know how to generate it. Totally. And that, and that it is the most powerful thing ever, right? And so now that I, so I, but I knew that I liked seeing other people happy mm-hmm. uh, and I still like seeing other people happy. And I now know that sometimes just by being happy, that will make other people happy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that energetic piece too. You're walking in the room, you brighten up the room. That does change everybody. Yeah, intentionally, right? I mean, and that, yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. There's, there's some people who don't intentionally walk in the room at all. They're just walking in the room with whatever happened to them six minutes ago. Isn't that the truth? And depending on what, what room you're walking into or what you're doing in that space, um, you know, there, there's always an opportunity to create who you're walking in the room as. And that's not to, to you know, go back to what you are saying earlier. You're not sugarcoating yeah. any feelings that you're authentically having. Yeah. Um, but also be aware, especially if you're in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Be aware of how your energy can serve others. I mean, as a leader, that's what you're there to do and how it can inspire others to also, um, you know, want to be that type of a leader for themselves and for others. Yes. Yeah. Even intentionally walking in on a Zoom. Like how do I, because we're not really, you might not be walking into a room room right now. Yeah. But even how we show up on a Zoom or how we get going on a Zoom. I think about that all the time. Like before we started having a connection point, making sure we feel good, making sure everything is, we're in a good spot. And I think about that when clients come on, when kids come in the room, all those little moments tell people if they're safe and if they're welcome. And I think I'm thinking about your book right now too, because it was really wise to put in the back this CPR piece. Yeah. Because it's not always like you think happy thoughts and do some fairy dust, (laughs) twinkle it around. You are happy now. Yeah. So I want to know, what do you think from a CPR perspective, if we're like, yeah, cool, cool. If somebody's on this, you know, in this show with us today and they're like, cool, 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 cool ideas, guys. But seriously, I am not like, I'm going to the ER emotionally here or right. I need, could we do that? What just happened? Oh, there we go. I, know. I was, yeah, that was my fault. I was trying to see what the chats were. I had this chat button pop up and I hit pause recording. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's it. That's what editing's for. That's how we roll. Exactly. So what are some CPR moves? This is a first aid kit. Would you give us a couple CPR moves today as we're wrapping up? I will, but I'll quickly just share for those who are following along with the book concept of CPR and first aid kit. I literally did rewrite it with two purposes in mind. The first one is that you can sit down and read straight through it in a short amount of time. I myself, like I'm not a reader. I, I don't enjoy that. There's a lot of amazing books out there that will change your life. And I will not finish most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I will read the first 20 pages and that will be enough. Right. And so I wanted a book like that, working with my clients. I wanted something, if you're having a stressful day, that you can read through and take away some very tangible things just to all of a sudden step into your day immediately and mm-hmm. not have to worry about it. And then B, also to your point, it's literally, even whether you read it or not, it's intentionally created to where on every single page, there is something that could serve you. If you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling anxiety, you can put, like you said, it's small enough. You keep it in your glove compartment, keep it in your back pocket, keep it in your purse, whatever it is, open it up and find something. Um, so I say that in the sense that the CPR is that. that so the, I, mm-hmm. the whole second half of the book is just blurbs. Let's try one right now. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let me see what you got. Tell me when to stop. Go. Ah! Okay, here we go. Life literally surrounds us and provides everything we need to thrive. It changes with the seasons of experience, but it is still always and in always everywhere. It changes with the seasons of experience. That's First what day of September. 
You nailed it. All okay. right. We'll play this game later. <laughs> well, so that's what it is. Like, wait, so really, that's, that's, that's a huge concept. In fact, I think that's like at the end of, towards the end of the book. Because mm-hmm. it's like, literally, life is everywhere. Right now, if you're watching this, you are surrounded by life. Yes. And there's nothing you can do about that except for, in my opinion, embrace it mm-hmm. and be so grateful that it is here. And be mm-hmm. so grateful that you are, are part of this consciousness that is figuring itself out. And, you know, be the best version of yourself and the light that you want to see in the world along the way. Decide what you want to do and go be it. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and somebody just wrote, like, thank you for talking about the religious component in relation to being a creator. I'm, we're, I think what we're saying is that you have permission to be both. You can be religious mm-hmm. and see how these pieces come together and go create your life. God, you know, I believe that God made you to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. It gives us free choice. You know, they, they talk a lot about, mm-hmm. uh, from a Christian perspective, the choice, free mm-hmm. will to choose Christ or not. But it's not just in that. It's your free will every single moment of every single day to decide. We are very powerful. I think, yep. I think when we lose our freedom and our power, that's when we, when we lose sight of those things. I have a ton of freedom. I have a ton of power in every situation that I'm in. That's when we can really thrive and make a difference in the world and in other people's lives. Yeah. And when you start to practice that and really become aware of it on a regular basis, you build up this, you know, they talk a lot about faith, having the faith of a mustard seed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Listen, for me, like faith, that, this, the concept of having faith in the outcome that it's going to happen no matter what. It's not like, well, if this happens or if that happens, it's like, no, I have faith. The challenge that people, I think, in today's first world society, or really just human in general, is they're not willing to wait. They're not willing to be patient. And so they, they, they pretend to have faith if it happens by next week or if it happens by next year, <laughs> right? As opposed to just, no, it's going to happen. And my job in the meantime is to be the best version of myself and to show up on purpose every day and to work hard as a co-creator. But the other co-creator, I'm either having faith in them or not, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if it's something that I want and all things are promised to me that I ask for, then it's my job to step into it and, and make sure that I can create the best possible opportunity for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So this is if somebody's having one of those moments where they're not able to access that, Ryan, they can grab onto this, flip through it. Find something. The, the other thing that I'll just say, you know, we th- chapter two is about being present. Um, and sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know how to be present. Like, I've just got too much stuff going on. And my life experience has brought me to a point where it's not easy for me to be present. And so I'll just plant a real quick seed. I mean, if you want to, if, you, if that's something you're interested in, um, just remember what your five senses are doing at any given moment right? If you really yes. want to be present, it's something very basic that everybody can do. Um, you know, what am I smelling? What am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I feeling? Can I feel the air? Of the, of, can I feel the skin? Can I feel the air against the skin of my face? Yeah. Um, and then once you do that, you're now no longer thinking about the past, present, future, or anything else. You are just here. And then at that point, create gratitude for the now and your ability to be here. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. You can access all this just in and of yourself in a room. You don't even need anything. Not even a little, anywhere you are. You know, going back to so many people are stressed because they're sitting in traffic. And I loved your example if you weren't sitting in traffic or late for something, but you recognize that you were just sitting there in this little mobile box being yep. angry about life. Suffering. Yes, yeah, suffering. <laughs> Whether you knew it or not, uh, like on purpose, right? I was purposely thinking all these different things. And mm-hmm. so to instead just recognize that everything is going to show up exactly as it's supposed to. My job is just to be joyful and, and grateful for life itself. Mm-hmm. 
That's so beautiful. What is, what is, I know we need to wrap up soon. I'm looking at the time. What's one thing that you want to tell the world, Ryan? If you could tell the world one thing. I, I hate to sound redundant. I feel like I've told them. But the one thing that one I would more just- time. I, yeah, one more thing. Like, and it's funny. So you touched on with your clients, like the perfect day thing. And you know, you, I forget mm-hmm. what, what you call them. I have a dream. I have a dream. So I do something very similar. And I call it one of two things. Either my I am statements, because that's what they are for me. And I sit mm-hmm. down and I think about I am this and I am that. And I say it out loud every single day. And the other thing is, or I'll have them call it, it's a North Star document. Mm-hmm. What is your North Star document? Like, what is your North Star? And so make time today. If I could tell everybody one thing, I would say literally make time today. I hope it's more than five minutes, but as little as five minutes, as much as three hours, whatever it takes for you to write down the life that you want to live. Write it down in the present tense, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Who do you want to be? If you could wake up a year from now and, and be the perfect life that, that is for you. And here's the other thing I'll just say real quick to your point, we're wrapping up on time. I don't want to talk forever, but the challenge that we have is we have this feeling of lack because we feel like everybody wants what we want and there's only so much of it available. But the truth of the matter is everybody has such a unique experience. They want completely different things than you want. Mm-hmm. So you get to focus on what you want and what you want your life to look like in every aspect. So write that down mm-hmm. tomorrow. And then, then create gratitude for two things. One, your ability to create it or co-create it. And two, your ability just for the, for the outcome itself create gratitude as if it's happened already. Then tomorrow morning, when you wake up, read this out loud. And when you're done reading it out loud, create gratitude again for your ability, not only to read it out loud and your ability to create the outcome, but for the the outcome itself. Mm -hmm. And then step into your day and every single day, no matter what you've got going on, do something towards that document, take action towards it in some capacity. It could be on on a physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, family, whatever level. Doesn't mean you have to work. Other things, if you don't have that bandwidth, but find something that you're, you're leaning towards that is, is helping you create that life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's a song by the Avid Brothers called Head Full of Doubt, I think. And they mm-hmm. just, I already kind of, I touched on earlier, but they have a lyric that just says, decide what to be and go be it. And do yep. it every day. And then at the same time, be the light you want to see in the world and you can't go wrong. That is so powerful. Ryan, your energy has been multiplied on this. Yes on this channel together today on our, on the porch. So thank you for sharing with us your experience. Thank you for sharing this book. Ryan sent this to me a few weeks ago and I keep it right here as my first aid kit. So thank you, Ryan, so much. Be who you want to decide who you want to be and go do it. There's a lot of ways. Yes. And go be it, not even do it. Go be it. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to get a hold of Ryan and uh, you can find him on a bunch of different social media channels. We've got his website there. Feel free to connect with him and uh, grab this book for everybody for the holidays. Maybe (laughs) it does make an amazing gift. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks everybody for being on the porch and sharing this time with us. You know where to find me. Cheers. Yes. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. We'll talk soon.